Welcome back to Psych Your Crime. I'm your host, Nicole Mann, and always, I want to thank you guys for listening. It looks like this past couple weeks, we've got new listeners in India and New Zealand coming out of nowhere. We always enjoy any comments that we get from and, and questions we get from you guys. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, um, you can reach out to us on Twitter. At, I'm Geek Flossie on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we would appreciate any support we can get from you guys. Um, our patron page is through Podbean. It's patron.podbean.com forward slash psych your crime. If you want to do a one-time donation, you can use Venmo at psych slash your slash crime. Also, anytime that you can give us a five-star review on any platform you listen to us on really helps us out. Um, It will help us get onto those recommended lists. So we would really, really, really appreciate us. And we just really love all your support. We appreciate the fact that you're listening to us. And I just can't believe um, that this has become what it has. I never, ever thought that it'd be anything like this. I just thought it would be a little hobby. I would upload a podcast here, podcast there. Um, I never imagined that I would get so much support, so much love from around the world. I really, really, really appreciate you guys for listening and coming back um, every couple of weeks to uh, share with me um, the breakdowns that I have for you guys. Now, this week we are going to look into the case of Lucas Chancellor. It is the case of the very first, um, co- the very first conviction that was ever gotten for online sexual extortion. Um, it was also one of the very first cases that they had come across um, in the United States. Now, it is a very specific type of sexual abuse. And sexual extortion is usually associated with workplaces. Uh, conventional, conventional sexual extortion is a concept that differs greatly from what we are seeing now. It is usually characteri- characterized by senior managers sexually exploiting their inferiors or potential candidates by threats based on career processes such as denial to employment, dismissal from a job, or denial of the opportunity of a promotion. However, the term has gained a new and unexpected sense um, in the beginning of the internet age. Despite the fact that every cyber sexual extortion incident varies in many respects from each other, such as acts that are committed, um, such as the acts that are committed in these simple terms. Once the abuser obtains sexual materials of a child, the abuser threatens the child with misusing these items unless the child complies with his or her demands. According to the typology of child pornography offending made by Crone, S-E-C-C, which is the abbreviation for this type of crime, is classified under the category of online grooming. On the other hand, Kopecki, which is a different a psychologist defines SECC as one of the manipulative techniques used in various processes such as cyberbullying, cyber harassment, and cyber grooming. Recently, Interagency Working Group, 
which was formed by members from several international institutions and non-governmental organizations, published terminology guidelines for the protection of children from sexual exploitation and sexual abuse. Under the section of solicitation of children for sexual purposes, SECC is defined as the blackmailing of a person with the help of self-generated images of that person in order to extort sexual favors, money, or other benefits from her or him under the threat of sharing the material beyond the consent of the depicted person. These definitions and categorizations of SECC mostly consider it a part or method of other types of online offenses against children, such as grooming and sexing. Child abuse materials have gained an unprecedented prevalence, reaching incredible numbers due to the rapid spread of the internet and the advance of technological advices, devices. Excuse me. In fact, visual materials obtained by abusers through SECC are also child pornography, and these materials might sometimes be put into circulation online. Moreover, according to some views, when such materials are considered new or rare, they facilitate new, um, according admission of new members or raise the reputation of existing members in online groups formed by abusers. In this aspect, SECC can be considered a new method of producing child abuse materials. On the other hand, online methods of producing child abuse materials, I'm sorry about that. Online grooming is characterized by establishment of friendship between the abuser and the child for the purpose of physical abuse. Manipulative techniques such as posing as the child's fellow friend, flattery, or spoiling the child with gifts are used to lay the groundwork for physical contact with the child. If the abuser brings the online abuse to the physical world or attempts to do so by means of threatening their victim, the SECC turns into online grooming. Sexting is usually an umbrella term that is defined by sending sexual content such as text messages and images via phone or other means of communication. The concept of self-produced child pornography, which can be considered a sub-branch of sexting, stands for obscene images taken and sent by others voluntarily amongst minors. Now this is very important. It has blown up a lot in recent years and has been used against minors with um, amongst each others quite a bit. Such materials are generally used for cyberbullying and revenge porn for the purpose of disgracing the victim in the eyes of his or her friends or family. 
vast majority of child abuse materials in SECC are made by the victim and obtained by the abuser through various means. In this aspect, it is fair to argue that sexting, which is already getting more prevalence in child abuse materials. Another threat mentioned, live streaming child abuse, also bears some similarities to SECC with regard to the intensive use of VOIP technology. In this absolutely disgusting offense, the live images of sexually abusing the child can be viewed on VOIP in return for a fee. Considering a live show is generally demanded in SECC, it would be reasonable to assume that sextortionists are potential customers of live streaming child abuse. Lastly, it is possible to consider within the definition of cyberstalking, the abuser's attempts to subjugate the child by repeated threats and broadcasting images of the child online or sending them to the child's family or friends if the child refuses to comply. SECC has a very close ties with other types of online offenses against children. In order to differentiate it from them, the focus should be put on the elements which only and all SECC acts have. This approach will be more beneficial for understanding the threat and developing more effective prevention strategies than forming a one-size-fits-all definition. In this respect, there are three reoccurring characteristics that always emerge despite several little differences between individual cases. Not bringing the interaction and abuse between the abuser and the victim to the physical world. In other words, keeping it in cyberspace. Possession of obscene images of the child by the abuser, regardless of the means of production and acquisition. That means whether the child sent them to them or whether they hacked a camera and got them off of their computer, and that is considered possession. Forcing the child to perform certain acts based on the possession of the images, and that is the extortion. Coexistence of all these elements constitutes the offense of SECC. Absence of any of these elements prevents the criminality or classification of it as SECC. Now, I kept saying child, but by child, I actually mean anyone who is a minor. So basically anyone who's under the age of 18 um, would be someone who could be a victim of the SECC classification of sexual online extortion. Um, and like I said, this is becoming more and more prevalent amongst teens um, people who are sexting, they're sending images to other teens, and then the teens are using the images against them. Um, so this isn't solely something that has happened um, between adults and teens. It is becoming more prevalent amongst teens within each other. Um, this is happening more and more. Um, in 2006, Samantha Chonsky was a 12-year-old living in rural Pennsylvania. She had just joined social media for the first time. 
Samantha and her friends had started using various platforms as a way to share their music. Samantha had started to make new friends, one of whom was a boy who went by the screen name Captain Obvious. Samantha and her friends would chat with him from time to time on a platform called Stick'em that no longer exists. Then one night, Samantha and a friend were dared by Captain Obvious to flash him. So Samantha and her friend did very quickly and didn't think twice about it. Till six months later, when Captain Obvious told Samantha he had a screenshot from her quick flash. He told her if she didn't do what he wanted, he would send it to her parents and all of her friends. At first, she didn't believe him and tried to ignore him. Tell he sent her the screenshot of Samantha and her friend. Captain Obvious then told Samantha all she had to do was perform for him on camera and she would never hear from him again. She agreed, not aware of what he had in store. For five hours, Samantha performed the kinds of things people only see in pornography. Definitely not the kinds of things that a then 13 year old would begin to know about. You have to keep in mind that this is a combined total of five hours. So over the course of time, it added up to five hours. I can't even begin to imagine the trauma that this would have on anyone, let alone a 13 year old that hours of doing things to yourself on camera for a stranger and the toll that it began to take on Samantha was extreme and she ended up self-harming herself as a way to cope with not just the trauma of the basically it was sexual assault but the fear of what he was going to ask for next was he going to release pictures of what was going to happen now unbeknownst to her across the country in phoenix arizona 14 year old ashley reynolds was just meeting captain obvious for the first time he had sent her an all caps email stating he had nude pictures of her using the stickum site as well uh, while he was in a chat room with Ashley, he had hacked her camera so that after she left the chat, he was able to take video of her as she was changing. It was just screenshots from this video that he was using against her now. With the same threats as he used against Samantha, except he had Ashley's contacts and was threatening to send the pictures to her friends, parents, and teachers. Ashley was well-liked and respected at her school and was even the vice president of the student council. Ashley was continuously asked to send pictures on a daily basis, and at its worst, it got to the point where she was sending 60 pictures a day, and this went on for months. She was getting more and more secretive, locking herself in the bathroom for hours. Eventually, her mother became suspicious at her activity. And one day while Ashley was at a church youth group, she went to her daughter's room 
found her computer to find the threats and extortion in her emails. Her mother immediately retrieved her from the church group and at home, Ashley broke down and told her everything. Ashley was told by Captain Obvious that if she went to the police, she would be arrested for making child pornography since she made the images herself. So she begged her mother not to call the police. So instead, her mother contacted the cyber tip line at the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They then filed a report with law enforcement on Ashley's behalf. They also give Ashley and her mother very important advice. They tell Ashley to close all of her social media accounts and stay offline, taking away Captain Obvious's access. Now, at this point, Captain Obvious is only contacting these girls through social media. So he's never tried to contact them in any capacity offline. He's never called them on a cell phone. He's never texted them directly on a cell phone. He's only ever messaged them through apps so um and on platforms so by disconnecting all of her accounts by closing them and completely disconnecting from social media he no longer has any uh, any access not only can he not message her he can't demand anything from her um yes she runs the risk of him following through on on his threat but he can't ask anything of her he can't contact her he can't you know if he can't get a hold of her, he can't see if she is following through or not. And so she does. She completely disconnects from the internet. And um, while she doesn't like it, it's what she knows deep down she has to do. Now, during all of this, in North Carolina, 14-year-old Elizabeth Schubert has been chatting with Captain Obvious as well. Elizabeth's parents are going through a rough time in their marriage, and as a result, she is looking for an escape through social media. After spending several weeks chatting with Captain Obvious, he goes back to an old trick by asking Elizabeth to quickly flash him, promising that since it's over webcam, no one will see him see it but him this one time. So, just like Samantha, Elizabeth flashes him quickly and thinks nothing of it. But very shortly afterwards, he sends Elizabeth a screenshot and threatens to send it to her whole friend list, including her family, if she doesn't send him even more explicit pictures. Just like with Ashley, the pictures get more and more graphic and increase in number as time goes on. He is able to force her to give him her cell phone number. So he is able to get a hold of her at any time and eventually starts requesting her to send him pictures even while she's in school. As the requests get more and more graphic, Elizabeth is more and more desperate and isolated. The large amount of time spent taking pictures and video for Captain Obvious is taking her away from her friends and her family and having a marked toll on her emotional well-being. At the same time, Ashley Reynolds is missing her friends on social media. So after months away, she creates a new Facebook profile thinking nothing of it. 
believing that if she hides her name that he won't be able to find her she feels safe enough to go back online but only a matter of days after the new profile goes live captain obvious finds it and sends the pictures to her friend list on facebook and that is where he makes his first mistake in all the other cases he was using proxy servers but this time he did nothing to hide his ip address it came back to a house in Jacksonville, Florida. Meanwhile, Elizabeth can take it no more and attempts to hang herself in her bedroom. Luckily though, she is unsuccessful. It takes roughly a week, but the FBI is able to get a warrant to search the home of Lucas Michael Chancellor, a pharmacy student. They arrive to surprise Chancellor in bed, believing they will find one individual who is being extorted, a single teen girl. They are shocked to find an ongoing extortion conversation open on his computer with a completely different girl in British Columbia, Canada. They're also shocked to find that Chancellor has folders with spreadsheets that document each contact with each girl. These documents show everything that was said, every picture that was sent with dates, times, names. The FBI discovered that this has been going on over the course of five years has covered 35 states within the United States, has also dipped into the United Kingdom and three Canadian provinces. All told, they found 80,000 images of nearly 350 underage girls. So remember, he was also asking for live streams so that's not taken into account the live streams he was asking for um so many of these were image captures off the live streams um as well now the police after finding all of this did go to elizabeth and samantha's homes and notify their parents of the horrible things that the girls had been put through and most importantly, to let the girls know that their perpetrator had been caught. Meanwhile, Chancellor is charged with nine counts of production of child pornography, four counts of extortion, receipt of child pornography, and production of child pornography. And on November 10th, 2014, he is sentenced to, are you ready for this? This is the greatest sentence ever. This is this is the, our justice system actually doing its damn job for once. A hundred and five years in prison. Now, unfortunately, as wonderful and amazing as that sentence is, as great as that is after hearing things like Brock Turner not getting a sentence and these other horrible um, people who have committed heinous crimes and gotten six months or not even gotten a sentence, to to see someone get what they deserve 
the story doesn't completely have a happy ending because you have to remember there were almost 350 victims to this day the fbi has not even come close to identifying all of those victims and the majority of them are just unidentified they still um once a year put out a plea to identify the victims um they're still um trying to you know get help uh locating them and it's it's absolutely horrifying to know that there are hundreds of girls out there looking over their shoulders even though it's it's years later terrified that this person is going to release nudes of them to people they know it's truly awful and that's why it is very important if you are a parent that you have a conversation about this with your children is it an easy conversation absolutely not but it is a necessary conversation whether you have boys or girls you have to have a conversation about sexting about sharing images with people you know and and yes when you're young you want to believe the best in people and you want to believe this person isn't going to do anything but at the end of the day the best way that you can explain it to them whether it's a person they know or a person they don't know is if you have even a scintilla of doubt that this person could do something then you don't send them any pictures if you don't know this person you definitely don't send them anything and the especially when you're talking about people that they know they may say well i'm dating this boy he would never do this to me you need to explain to them that you know do you let your friend use your phone oh you do well they let their friends use their phone too and at any point their friend could swipe through their phone while they're borrowing their phone and they could send those pictures to themselves you have no control over what happens to those pictures once they get off your phone and are sent to somebody else one of their friends could get it off their phone and so if they have just one friend you don't trust just one person in their circle that you believe would do something bad with one of your pictures don't send it to them not because you don't trust that person but because there's someone in their circle of friends you don't trust that is a good enough reason not to and they may not listen but if you've had the conversation if you have given them the information and let them know once it's out of your hands there's nothing you can do about it you also need to explain to them that there are many states in the united states where you can be charged with disseminating child pornography if you shared nude pictures that someone sends to you with your friends. So if a girl sends you naked pictures and you send them to your friends to show them what she sent you and that girl finds out and rightly so is hurt, upset and offended, she can go to the police and have you arrested for disseminating child pornography that is something that can get you registered as a sex offender for the rest of your life these are things that you need to explain to your children you need them to understand 
the seriousness of these things on the other side of that this is a piece that kids use against each other oh you sent me that picture so now if you don't do what i want you to do i'm going to go to the police and tell them that you're making child pornography because you're a minor this is the kind of thing that happens oh you sent me this naked picture if you don't have sex with me i'm going to send it to all of your friends this is what they are dealing with in this day and age and that's why this conversation is very important like i said it is uncomfortable but it's necessary now the other thing is that if you or someone that you know has been a victim of sexual extortion whether it's on this big scale or even if it's just some girl at school it doesn't have to be a boy girls do this as well this isn't a crime that is solely um, committed by men or boys girls and women do this as well then you need to contact the cyber tip line from the national center for missing and exploited children um, you can either contact them online um, the website is report.cybertip.org or if you feel more comfortable, you can call 1-800-THE-LOST. Uh, so it's 1-800-THE-LOST. Either way, you can contact them and then they can contact law enforcement on your behalf. If you don't feel comfortable or you're scared um, of or repercussions, if you contact the police yourself. Um, but please do not allow yourself to be victimized because you made an error in judgment that that is not your fault it is not um, indicative of you it is not say anything about who you are as a person because you trusted the wrong person it happens to the best of us we want to believe the best about people and so sometimes uh, we share too much of our lives or ourselves with them it, it, it happens to the best people um, but please if you need help get help I will post both the link and the phone number down below um, so please share with people um, so they can get help if they need it but like I said and even if as an adult this is a conversation to have with each other um, this is something that doesn't just happen to children um, this is something that is very important and has become more prevalent so um, I hope that you join me again um, in a couple of weeks when we discuss a case of familial folia du or shared delusions uh, when a mother and one of her two daughters um, start to believe that one of the other daughters is possessed by a demon. In the meantime, I hope you sleep better knowing the how and why people can do such awful things.